support the work of Strike Level Sports by heading to Fanatics.com and purchasing officially licensed gear from the NFL, the NBA, and more. Each purchase made through the text link below goes into the funding of the Strike Seven Sports brand. To proceed, go to the link strikesevensports.com forward slash fanatics. I say again, strikesevensports.com forward slash fanatics. Thank you. This is your boy, Derek Brent, here at Strike7Sports.com. This is another episode of Strike7Sports Podcast. Joined by my co-host, Brian Bonner, Leo the Seabury. This is another episode of Strike7Sports Podcast. So we're back after a little long break. Finally back. And we're just going to dive right into it. Um, and we're going to talk about the Memphis Tigers and what has, what has been going on recently, you know, with the program, basketball program. It's been a little quiet ever since the uh, notice of allegations or accusations, whatever it was, the notice of them doing wrong with the NCAA. Uh, Memphis had just continued to do what they do. Uh, they, they were able to lure Kendrick Davis from the uh, transfer portal. And after that, it's been pretty much uh, smooth sailing so far, noting Nothing hasn't really came about with the, in regards to punishment. Nothing, nothing new that I know of, or anything. Any information that has been put out, but today, uh, Kendrick Davis was on uh, nine two point nine FM ESPN talking with uh, Jason and John of the, the Jason and John Show, and that was a quote that uh, that's pretty much stood stood out of there. All the things he was saying, it was in regards to how Memphis is going to replace those players that may have uh, departed the program or still in uh, limbo if they're going to come back or go to the NCAA. So the quote is, we ain't, we ain't going to go too much into detail. Well, my bad. We ain't going to go too much off into de details. We got some stuff in the works. We got big things coming, end quote, from Kendrick Davis. So I just want to ask y'all, how y'all, after that quote, how do y'all decipher that in regards to the the bombshell that Penny's supposed to have in play, have in play right now? Uh, I'll take this one first. Uh, I'm a wait and see approach. Right now, things aren't looking too good, in my opinion. But, uh, but I mean, because Penny made the tournament, he gets a little bit of pass, whatever happens this year. I know there's some talk about them winning a national title. I kind of laugh at that because I don't see – I know that's their goal, but let's see the roster. Uh, I heard Jason Munz, I can't remember what station. I think it was on Mark Giannato's show that afternoon, Giannato and Jeffrey, that he's thinking they may land Caleb Murphy. Um, he's South Florida transfer. He's really good. But other than that, like, there are a few guys who they thought they could potentially land, like DJ Jeffries and the Sharp, that center from Western Kentucky. Sharp, I believe, is his last name. But they both decided to go back to their schools. So uh, we believe also Lester and DeAndre Williams should be back. But we have to wait for that to be official because they're uh, testing the draft waters. But other than that, I think we should wait and see. But because Penny made the tournament last year, this year, uh, to me, it's just see if you can build upon it. We hope they'll be able to play in the NCAA tournament, uh, but we still don't know what the IRP is going to decide. 
So that's the way I look at it. Um, we can add on that thing, but it's bad, aren't you? No, I'm just. Go ahead, Go ahead, Leah. I got it. Go ahead, man. Uh, you want me to finish? Yeah, you can finish, man. Yeah, I, I was saying it's not a lot of people believe this. So I'm not trying to be a hater. I wish if they hadn't played James Wiseman. I wish if they hadn't tried to challenge the NCAA, but they did. And so there's for every action, there's consequence, good consequences and bad consequences. Right, right now, uh, I think it'll be bad consequences, but I don't. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's just a scholarship reduction, something like that. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, what happens but again because he made the tournament last year whatever happens this year to me it's just uh you can just say it was a rebuilding year i know you got kendrick davis and a few other guys but some of the guys are lost i, I don't think they they still don't have a big man they gotta get that soon but because they made the tournament last year as long as they're like competitive and they aren't like really really bad i think people will be well, all right with that go ahead leo I think that um, this year, like like Brian said, um, people are just kind of really ecstatic off the, the building of Henny uh, leading Coach Coach Hardaway leading the team to the NCAA tournament. So people are still kind of stuck on that high. But you also have like, a segment of the fans and of like probably people, maybe might be you all who expect this team to build upon it. You don't want to sit on your lords because that's not you, you didn't come here to to make the tournament. You came here to win the tournament. So um, hopefully that they. Um, you know, it's easy to build. Um, like you said, the, IR, the what's called IRP, whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. That's going to be lingering over them. And, like, hopefully it's like they know before the season. So that way it's not like a, it's not like a bird. Like, we don't want them to have a really good season and then they can't go to the tournament. At least if you can't go to the tournament, at least know beforehand. So it's just – if the IRP doesn't – if they don't ruin their season, they should be back. They should be better than if they're going to return – like a lot of, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, got like the, the key players from last year, besides obviously Durant, I'm not coming back. You know, my not coming back. You got a few other players, but but like the core, like DeAndre should be back, Lester be back, um, veteran guys will be back. So, you know, it'll just be a continue to grow. So, I, I mean, the expectations shouldn't be like they were last year because the raccoon class, they didn't, I don't think they're getting any freshmen. They're not getting any freshmen. Like, so everybody that they have coming in is, is um, grown men. These are grown men coming in. So I guess you could say the expectation should be a little higher because it's not going to be a young team. But at the same time, we don't know what the team going to look like. Yeah, it's true. I agree. Um, yeah, it's just, other than that, man, it's like I said, it's just been, like, real quiet in regards to – Everything that's been going on with the program, as in related, nothing, no, nothing, no bombshell really came out yet. Um, no players, you know, coming out and said they're going to commit to Memphis, you know, recently. But um, we should find something out about that uh, whole IRP thing by, I would say, July, man. Because if after July, we're pretty much ramping up to go into the season. And if you haven't heard anything by then, I think. I think they're in the clear, you know. But I wouldn't put nothing past the NCAA to, like, just drop something on them, like, you know, <laughs> in the month of August or something, that they can't that they can't complete the uh, – participate in the tournament this year. So, that's that. But I, I think um, they just got to operate as if nothing is happening, in my opinion. 
Uh, look at Bill Self. They they got the uh, allegations as well, but they're moving like nothing just happened. You know what I'm saying? So and it and they won a national championship. So we'll see how everything plays out, man. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing what these uh, big things are that Davis is talking about. So we'll see how everything all shakes going forward. All right, moving right along. Talk a little bit about this uh, stadium renovations that uh, finally got approved by uh, the city of Memphis and the officials over the Levy Bowl. I think it's the uh, it's a hundred hundred to fifty to two hundred million dollar project to renovate and modernize the home of Memphis Tigers football, according to release from the university. Elements of the project include a transformation of the stadium's west side, providing several premium seating uh, options, creating a hospitality experience within the halo space surrounding the stadium. Other new, new seating options, such as family boxes on the north end and porty deck. Hold on. Porty deck. Patios for students on the south end, and potential repurpose of a retrofit of the east side sweet tower. Project is set to be to be completed before the 2025 football season. So I want to. I'll just say, man, I start off. This one looked like an upgrade to me. It like it looked like an actual upgrade of the stadium. This a uh, renovation, right? One hundred fifty two hundred million dollars. Um, I'm cool with it, you know. You just got any thoughts? Yeah, I think it was nice. Um, it's actually a real renovation because they spent so much money to uh, renovate this uh, the stadium before. Like they had like a ninety million dollar uh, renovation, and it, like it really didn't go well. Like you really can, you just really can tell that you know what other renovations were done. Like you can tell where it improved it, but from what they've shown and the, like the pre picks and stuff like that, it looked like that they actually. You know, it's, it's taking time to you know put an actual solid product together. So I'm I'm excited by it. Um, it's very interesting. Like I'm I'm actually you know, um, like Lord willing, like I want to I want to be able to see that like what that final final uh you know how it plays out. And so I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Like this is real. It's real special. You know, let's go. Obviously, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. I wish they could have a dome, but you know that's probably not feasible. But that would be more realistic. Like it would be like yeah. better, you know. But you know it's not realistic, so they gotta make do with what they got. Uh, I would have preferred them to have them to make an on campus uh football stadium. That's what a lot of these big colleges have, like bigger colleges. I know it would have been. They have the money. We can get. We heck, we just got a new um um rec recreational center. Just got a new um music center that they cost like almost I think. 90 100 million dollars like they right. they have the money to build i think they should have built one on campus um it would have i think it would have been better you know maybe to make it like forty thousand, maybe like 30 something thousand for 20 because uh, it, it wouldn't look like um for most of the time the games are not sold out so it looks like a cavernous like it looks cavernous and it like it could be sometimes like you're not as many people there so i feel like making like a 30 something thousand seat uh, uh stadium would have been better because it, it would have looked even if it's not it's big. It looks like more people are there, so it look look better aesthetic aesthetically. But hey, I can't complain. The renovation process, what they look, what they supposed to do, it looks good. 
Yeah, uh, Laura Veach said uh, an on-campus stadium would have cost four hundred million. Mm. See, I don't know about that. Four hundred million—that's like an NFL. That's like NFL territory. Well, maybe I think how it comes to it, you got to consider it's not just actually building the stadium. You may have to tear down buildings or move. You know what I mean? So I think that actually isn't as crazy as it seems. But yeah, I agree with what you said. That this was the best they could do. It's nice. Would we have preferred a new stadium or on-campus stadium? Yeah. One thing I maybe disagree with, I'm not sure dumb. I'm not sure dumb would have been nice. I mean, this. I feel like the only way you can make it dumb is if it's like you're trying to build an NFL stadium. But I don't, I don't think that, that would have been necessary. Not really. Next, uh, you well, can have a dome. Yeah, well, uh, NFL team. Carry a dome. Alamo Dome. The Alamo Dome. But that's not – but no – I mean, college is played there, but that's not like a school uh, – I, I don't know. I don't know if UTS – no, UTSA has their own stadium. But the point of – all right, maybe a few, but ideally you want you want an outdoor stadium in college at least. NFL is a little different because you, you want to have a chance to host the Super Bowl. Um, but, like, I think it's fine uh, the way it is. I'm glad they made some changes. Uh but I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if they feel like they it's time to build a new stadium that they do that. But for right now, uh, this is not a bad consolation. Yeah. Um, also, man, I think uh, from what I also read a quote, a quote from uh, I think it's from Veach, if I'm not mistaken, or I think it was Mary Strickland. His dad, they're trying to use the. Uh, the upgrade stadium for other other events like rock concerts and things like that. So I understand, I understand why they would do it that way. But I mean, I haven't heard of any concerts being played at the Liberty Bowl. Have y'all? No, not yet. But I, I I forgot about that. I like that idea. I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, not yet. But eventually we'll get some. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's okay now. I mean, this that's the best they can do. Uh, hopefully that's the thing that uh gets them over the top when it comes to uh joining the big the Big Twelve because um uh SMU not SMU Houston uh freaking Cincinnati and UCF leaving so they got a I would say watered down conference but we never know what this new team's gonna uh, bring to the table so we'll see all right man we'll talk a little bit college football. Memphis Tigers college football, Memphis Tigers football, and recently a poll was put out ranking the uh, the top all the coaches in the uh, American Conference, uh, uh, American Athletic Conference, and they have Ryan Silverfield at seven, and it's written by CBS college football writer David Cobb. Gonna go ahead and uh, list the reason why I read it real quick. After debuting at number eleven in his first season as coach in 2020 and sliding up two spots to nine last year, Silverfield again rises two spots this year despite his upward trajectory trajectory in the rankings. Year three marks a critical juncture for Silverfield, who is following two stalwarts of the Memphis football resurgence. 
and Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell. Silverfield is 14 and 10, 8 8 in the AEC, and coming off a 6 and 6 season. He kept the train on the tracks, but it's unclear if the locomotive has the necessary chops to make it make the Tigers class the class of the new look AEC in the future. End quote. All right, so Brian, real quick, who are your thoughts on that um assessment of uh Silver Seven? Do you think it's a fair ranking? Yeah. Um I got can you tell me who was ahead of him? Like who the order. All right. I don't know. Give me a second. Give me a second. All right, let me say it. Man, all right, I'll go ahead real quick. They got, of course, you got Lou Fickle. Yeah. Yeah, Lou Fickle at one, Gus Miles on at two, Dan Hogerson at three, Ken, uh, oh boy, at Navy, Ken Nalabo. Yeah. Willie Fritz, I don't disagree. I don't agree with that. He's too high on the list. I, Willie I, Fritz. He underachieving big time. Tulane got Phil Montgomery at six, Tulsa, and you got Silva at seven. So, you ain't date, Shay. Don't. Yeah, that's uh, all right. The top three are leaving. So, while I, I guess, um, I think those are fair. All those guys have accomplished more. Now, when you get to four, five, and six, uh, four, I guess I keep Ken has done it at a has been a solid coach for a long time. So, I, I respect that one. Five was it? Willie Fritz. Oh, Fritz. He's a solid coach, but I guess maybe sometimes when you think about yeah, but sometimes when you think about a coach, sometimes you're not thinking about it like how great of a coach he is. Maybe what he's doing with the school he's at. Memphis probably, in terms of a football, is a more a bigger football school than Tulane, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Depends on who you ask, but so I I don't think that's the worst thing to put him ahead of Silverfield. Silverfield, really, if you think about it, Silverfield only has one winning season, eight and five that first year, and that was with Mike Norvell's quarterback. Eight three. Say what? Eight three. Yeah, yeah. And so he has a lot to prove. That's why getting to a ball game, in my opinion, was huge for him, and I'm glad they're able to do that. And this year, let's see if they can take the next step. They do have – he did lose both coordinators, so that, that's huge. But um, he is getting his quarterback back, and that's the most important thing. So let's see how they can build upon that. Uh, and I think eight wins would be nice. But if you can somehow find yourself in the conference, uh, conference title conversation, that will be even better. But yeah, the guys ahead of him, I don't think it's the end of the world. But I, but this is a big year for Silverfield. I think he want at least in December have a shot to make the conference title game. Go ahead, Leo. Uh, I really don't like the list. I really don't think the coach at Navy is. I don't think I think he's a good coach, but Navy's been down the last few years. Um, I think like we're just counting. They just counting him off of the past success. Uh, I don't think Tulane coach should be ahead of them. Willie Fritz, I mean, he, actually, he definitely did it. I would say I just agree with you, DB. He had done a good job at Tulane. Last season was very good. But I feel like he, considering what Tulane was before he got there, he got them some, yeah. got them to be back some sort of relevance. Come on, understand. I, I, I understand Fickle and Miles. Uh, even though really 
could you really say Miles Zunn's done more than Fickle, uh, done more than Silverfield in that, since he's been in the AAC? Or this Gus Miles on, he got to a championship game at Auburn, and he and he's, and he was the head coach there. So, like, I mean, Fickle's obviously the undisputed class. So, we nobody's really nobody's going to dispute that. But I really don't think that, um, to be honest, I don't think that that list was fairly accurate as it should have been. Like, I don't like I don't like the fact that Phil Montgomery was Phil Montgomery ahead of him too, like y'all said. Yeah, six. I, I don't think it was six. Done, I don't think he's done that great of a job at Tulsa. To they done a good job, not a great job, to where he should be ahead of Silverfield. Yeah, but I mean, Silverfield has a Silverfield. If Silverfield was knocking it out the park, he'd be in the top four. So there's also an indictment on him too. Yeah, I agree. Um, this year, man, is a critical year for him. In my opinion, um, I think you you don't have Cincinnati on your schedule. You do play uh, Houston and UCF, but the good thing is that they're at home. The games are at home, so that plays into your favor. But um, that defense has got to get straightened out, man. They lost a lot of games, man, close games because of that defense and questionable decisions by Silverfield, in my opinion. So we'll see. How everything plays out. They have the potential to do everything to go far, but we gotta see how those changes um affect the team. So we'll see how everything goes from there. All right, man. Uh, Last, what what's up? What up? Quick thing. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Such should be the starter, right? Of course. And and also, do you think they should redshirt Tevin? The reason I say they should redshirt him. Give him another year, and but you can also play him the four games. Like so if you have some blowouts and all that, where do you agree with that mindset? Yeah, but that dude might transfer, man. Yeah, that's fine. I think he's transferring. I think nah, I, I disagree with you because I uh, talked to him, and and he's he wanted to be a. I could tell, like when I was talking to him. He he wants to be a middle like he he wouldn't he's not gonna run he, he's not gonna run from challenges because he, he knows that somebody is ahead of him like Sue Hennigan who established himself last season. I don't think he's gonna run from that. I, I think like he's not gonna be one of those guys, you know, who wants to get out of there, you know, when when he feels like oh he's not gonna have a chance, you know. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like yeah. he's gonna take that challenge, D B and I feel like he's gonna compete. Because at the end of the day, if if Tevin comes in and Tevin is the better quarterback, he's gonna play. You think so? Nobody's gonna care about what Seth did last year. If if Coach Silverfield is blown away, obviously Seth's gonna have a head start based on what he did. But if Seth if Seth slip up or Tevin steps up to the to the plate and plays well, he's gonna have a chance. That's yeah. The one thing I will say <laughs> can I finish this thought real quick? Good. Yeah. Good. The one thing I will say with Tevin is he and Seth are basically starting fresh because there's a new offensive coordinator. So if it was last year's OC, then obviously Seth will have an advantage. But it's a it's a new OC, so that that does help him. He was early in early. I, I saw him. I was at CP. He was at CP too. So I ran into him uh, a few times. But uh, yeah, I think I think he has a great chance. I think the year that the first year, I don't think he expects to play. Next year, I don't think he expects to expects to play. So that'll be. Uh, Seth will be a 
junior by then. I believe Seth will probably be here for at least four years. That's just what I thought. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's going to be going to the NFL as a junior. So I think by year, if Kevin isn't playing by year maybe three or four, then I could see him leaving. But this, if you leave, you're going to be starting so all over again. So unless it's like you get the perfect situation to leave, I think he'll probably stay. But uh, sometimes, like, I know a lot of these guys want to play, but sometimes patience is a virtue. Your time will come. You may not have a lot of years like Seth may have, but your time will come. So just, patience is a virtue. If he, if he waits through, I believe we'll see the day where he plays. And that will be great for the city of Memphis, too, to have a quarterback that's from Memphis playing for the, uh, the biggest school in the city. That will be nice. Yeah, that's true. I agree. All right, man. So, last topic of the day. It ain't Memphis related, but I just want to get y'all thoughts on um, what has been recently going on with the industry in regards to we have we starting to see a lot of former players, regardless if it's football, basketball, not so much in baseball, but football and basketball. We've been seeing a lot of these guys come on these shows, give takes, get opportunities, um, say their opinions, make people mad <laughs> on Twitter. And I just want to talk to y'all, ask y'all, do you think these type of uh, guys, are, these type of individuals are hurting the industry in regards to, you know, they're always getting these opportunities? And it's all started like uh, – I would say with uh to me, with the guy with Mad Dog Russo on first tank, mm-hmm. going at it with uh, gosh JJ Reddick over the uh, shut up and uh, I guess it was a shut up and play remark he made, and Draymond Green went on his podcast and saying he's a new media and uh, I played the game and. It, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta do that, and you got all this experience to give a take. And people liking it, starting to like JJ Reddick and um, what his name is, Travis Pick, Patrick Beverly, coming on first take, saying how he feels about Chris Paul, and people saying that he has a a future in the industry based on what those those um those remarks. So I want to get your thoughts on that in regards to those guys uh, coming to the space. Uh, I'll take this one first. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a interesting thing we're viewing. Uh, J.J. Reddick and, like, Tim Legler, guys like that, that are really good, even though they're former players that are really good analysts, I love hearing them talk about the game of basketball. I love hearing their opinions about a certain situation. So, as long as you, you make it you don't make it personal to a certain degree, then it's fine. I just they're they're really objective and they're just pure basketball. So I I like those guys. Um but Patrick Beverly, he was nice for a day. Then after that it kinda like it was it was good the first day, but then after that I just I'm i I'm tired of seeing him. Uh he he's made some good basketball points that I, I've agreed with or I've learned from, but uh if, if they don't have a month for the rest of the uh, playoffs, I'll, it won't be the end of the world. Because I, I, I think he's 
while he while he has been good, I think he may have more of an agenda than people like JJ Redick and Tim Legler would have. I don't think there's actually anything wrong with like obviously I think y'all were talking about like Patrick Beverly and all of them. So like like I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like he's just keeping it real. Like I don't think it's hurting the industry. Like people are just talking like, you know, you get a platform, you get an opportunity to display your opinion. Like you have all these athletes with podcasts like JJ Riddick, Jeremiah Green, um, all these podcasts. I don't see anything wrong with like I don't think it's hurting the industry. Everybody had their opportunity, you know. Hey, DB, you have you have a podcast. We have a platform, so I feel like we like there's nothing wrong with. The, I feel like there's nothing wrong with people. I don't care if you're a former athlete, like us, or like like I'm talking about, or you like us who know the game real well and you know have you know how to articulate their opinion. If you have the ability, you should be able to have a platform. I don't think it's hurting the industry. I don't see people are kind of an uproar Twitter about it because you know Pat Bell seems like he's not this and that. He's not qualified for this. He's the one who's good at this. So what? He has an opinion. And hey, Steve, Stephen A. and those guys do it every day on TV. So I and Skip and Shannon and all those people. So I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't think it's hurting the industry. I really actually like it. I think it actually is giving some new voices to the industry. Like because and also I don't know if y'all know who Doc, yeah, Doc Holiday is. Kind of got it. Yeah. Know, yeah. No, Doc, well, y'all know he's obviously he got it too with uh, Peter Perkins and them. He was talking about yeah. how Patrick Beverly and those guys, they aren't, he isn't taking, catch Patrick, you know, a lot of those guys seem to, you know, they have agendas. You have to have to right. do this to say and say that to get where you want to be in this industry. Patrick Beverly's not on that. He doesn't have to be on that. Like, because first of all, he's a successful basketball player. And second of all, I don't feel like Patrick Beverly will bend to, you know, will do, he's not going to put on a script. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not, it's not like he's, he's, it's actually very refreshing to see because he's not, he's not going to, you know, say this for TV, say that for TV when it's obviously that a lot of guys do do that. And he's just not that type of guy. And I respect it and I love it. Yeah. Um, to me, man, I really, it really don't bother me what these guys do because I understand the industry. I'm more, I'm not bragging, but I consider myself to be more mature than a lot of people that try to attempt to do this. You know what I'm saying? Um, it just is what it is, man. It's stuff you can't, you can't be on a, uh, they're not putting you on a, on a first take if you're going to be bored or try to be in the middle or try not to, you know, hurt, offend somebody by your takes. You know what I'm saying? They want people that's going to go, that's going to go viral. Half Twitter and uproar. They doing it. It's intentionally done, man. It's y'all gotta. I mean, people just don't realize. It, you know what I'm saying? It's just. This is the nature of the beast, man. It's the nature of the industry right now, man. Just it's just what it is, man. It just that's what the, that's what we call the show. First take is to have high takes. You know what I'm saying? It's a debate show. That's what it is. And you you bring a guy like uh, Patrick Bradley on there. That's what he's gonna say. That's what that type of things he's gonna do. It, it, it is what it is. So. It don't bother me, man. It don't bother me in the one bit that these guys are um, venturing out, um, having their own podcasts, having their own, um, building up their own followings. Um, I just it's just what it is right now, man. Just with the, the money these guys make right now, you know, the, the resources they have, 
they don't really have to, you know, if they don't want to go and apply to get, get on a network to be an analyst or be a commentator, they can start their own network, their own platform. So I have no really, no, really uh, no issues to it, with it. Um, so we don't have an issue with well, we talk. I think we talked about this a little bit in, in the chat, but an idea of Brady coming up from uh, the football field to the commentators to the uh, play by not, well, yeah, work with play by play and get that thirty million dollars. Uh, no, wait. One other thing I was gonna add before, and then I'll talk about the Brady stuff. The only thing I will say, the one thing that hurts us in turn when I'm talking about people like me, Leah, and you, I consider you. Uh, where, where, like the black journalists? How many of those guys do you see out there? When you see these people talk, you don't see, you know what I mean? But it ain't journalism though. It's, it's not journalism though. It's, it's not, not journalism. Kind of is though. It is. It's not though. It's never. It's never will be. But all right. But, Once you get on the type, he's but, not a journalist, man. Even, no, but go ahead. The point, yeah, I know it's TV, but the point I'm trying to make, like, and I I see what you're trying to say, but the point I'm trying to make, like, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. And Chris Broussard and Rob Parker, they were all journalists for a long time. They didn't just get yeah. up on TV. You know what I mean? They paid their dues. And then they yeah. gained that credibility in order to have these TV shows. So the point I'm trying to make is we need we need more black journalists. I'm, I know every show can't need some former athletes <laughs> there to give their opinions. And it, it helps if you play the game. Not saying you know everything because there's some – I feel like I learned from some guys that didn't play the game more than some guys that did. But right. I think it's important, like, to have journalists up there. I think that's very, very important. But uh, yeah, but most of most of what you said, I agree with. Um, with the Tom Brady thing, I love it. Tom Brady's a really, really smart mind. Arguably, not the quarterback of all time, and arguably one of the smartest quarterbacks of all time. So why not uh, have him transition into the booth and? Um, be a analyst. I think he do a really solid job. Doesn't mean he won't. I feel like some guys struggle, like Drew Brees. I think that's part of the reasons why we're hearing rumors about him maybe <laughs> trying to come back. Cause he got sack, man. It's, it's not that as easy maybe as it looks. And some guys, they just that it, it's hard for them to do that job. But uh, I think Tom Brady went would be would be really good. I think Fox just gets it. You have Troy Aikman, who was, in my opinion, one of the best analysts uh, who ever called games. And now you're trying to replace him with a guy like Tom Brady. I think that's just smart by Fox, and I can't wait to see him in the booth. Uh, but it could be a couple of years before that happens, but I can't wait. Go ahead, Leo. Oh, I really think that if uh, – listen to that man, congratulations to Tom uh, Brady. You know, you, you go from really seamlessly from one career to another – an impression where you see a lot of people, you know, struggle to go after pro football. You see, he was kind of struggling with it. And but for him to get that opportunity, man, it's nothing short of fantastic, phenomenal. Like Brian said, um, you're going to go from, you know, being one of the best quarterbacks probably to ever to ever play, and I know probably, definitely, to, you know, seamlessly transition to another field. It's actually very, you know, admirable. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. him. See, another uh, one of your favorite guys, Drew Brees, is doing it too. Uh, even though it might be tough, he coming out of retirement with, you know, that's another topic. But Tony Romo, obviously, Troy Aikman, obviously. Um, if uh, DB is old enough to remember Joe Theismann, all those guys, yeah. quarterbacks, mm-hmm. guys that are, you know, transition from 
seamlessly transition from from the from the field to the booth and whatnot. And so, just 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 really happy for Tom Brady. Not a lot of people saying, "Oh well." Well, a lot of people are saying that. Um, But, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that because they're never gonna be looked down on the next man. Congratulations to him. Okay. Yeah, but my issue with the whole we need we need black journalists on the uh, the airways. I would say this, and people probably a lot of people won't agree with this. Won't agree with this when I say this, but if these networks want to bring on black journalists, bring on new talents. They can do it if they want to, because the people were out there. You know what I'm saying? If they, they ever talk about there's uh, diversity issues in the field, but the people are there for you to hire. You know what I'm saying? They, I just think that they don't want they don't want to take the time out to develop people. You know what I'm saying? They just rather have people that are that are like naturally born trash talkers, like athletes. To take these roles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think talent is there to um, bring on black journalists. In my opinion, they just don't want to do it. But also, you to be fair, how many black journalists are out there that are a lot of them that are made for TV? And when I say made, oh, that's for true. TV, that's true. That's true. Made for TV doesn't mean you have to be like Stephen A. Smith, but you know. Some, some, most black. I, I actually let me be careful because I, I gotta should do my research before I say this. But when you think that, like, let's say I'm a journalist, I, I, I'm not saying I would love to be on TV, but most of what you, my work will probably be what I'm writing, and obviously this podcast I'm doing. But that, that's when you think of a journalist, a black journalist, you're probably gonna think of them more on the writing side, and, to, and instead of maybe being in the radio or being. Uh, you know, on TV. So I think that's something we can evolve with. But uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of your points, but I hope that's something we can change. We can change that narrative. And look, if worst case scenario, if we need to start our own sports networks, all that, then why not? Why not? I, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, but just because, <laughs> hey, just because um, you were. Uh... Like podcasting and, and on air TV, like live TV is like two different things. A lot of people don't realize that, man. It's just it's a lot of work. And I even saw noticed Patrick Beverly up there struggling a little bit with his stuff, his delivery. So it is what it is, man. Just it, it don't bother me that much. I just I just wish we could see we got I wish we could have more black journalists come on these shows, more natural talent, a person that didn't play sports, play the game to, to get a shot. But I see what you're saying, though. But we'll see. Hopefully. All right, man. That's all we have for y'all for right now, man. Give us a like, comment, subscribe to the channel, listen to this through YouTube or Facebook, um, Apple, Spotify. Give us five-star rating. Leave your comments. Leave uh, you like, you like hate. Um, please follow us. Check us out at uh, strikeselfsports.com for latest content on NFL, the NBA, and much more. And um, have a blessed night. We'll be back uh, next week. Peace. We out.